Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 14th episode, our guests are Brandon Chapman and Josh Sigler of the Sounding Off with Chap and Sig podcast. This is a milestone as it's the first episode recorded live with two guests. But before we get to that, I need to let you know how you can support the show. I love presenting this podcast to you every week. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help the podcast continue on the journey of more success, there are a few very simple things you can do. First, support those who support the show. I am excited to announce we have our first sponsor, Audible.com. For you, the listeners of the Rob Burgess Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. A book I would personally recommend that pertains to this episode is the new Chuck Klosterman book, But What If We're Wrong? Thinking About the Present as If It Was the Past. During this conversation, you'll hear us allude to an essay adapted from this book that was published in GQ. Chuck Klosterman asks, Will violence save football? Whatever book you pick, you can exchange it at any time, you can cancel at any time, and the books are yours to keep. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show for your free audiobook. And second, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available. Whether it's iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, TuneIn, or RSS, you can find links to everything on the official website, www.therobburgessshow.com. Even if you did these things and never listened to another episode, it would help more than you might realize. All these companies track interactions, and every little bit helps. All this will help the podcast reach an even wider audience. Now for today's show. This is a companion piece to the four most recent episodes of the Sounding Off with Chap and Sig podcast. They gave shout-outs to this podcast on episodes 19, 20, and 22, and were kind enough to have me as a guest on episode 21. Brandon Chapman, Chap, was born, raised, and currently resides in Peru, Indiana. He grew up a dedicated and diehard Hoosier basketball fan. He graduated from Peru High School and attended Manchester College for one year. In that one year, he finally found love. That is where he met his hetero life partner, Sig. He currently is a senior at IU Kokomo, 
pursuing a degree in communications. He plans on taking over the world with his podcast, so Sig and he can sit on an island and count their money. He is married, not to Sig, and has two dogs, Milo and Lucy. Josh Sigler, Sig, is a fairly accomplished dude who doesn't like to take himself very seriously. The Tipton, Indiana native graduated from Manchester University with a degree in media studies in 2006 and spent 10 years as a journalist before opting to leave the business for greener pastures. The multi-award winning reporter was honored by the Hoosier State Press Association in 2015 as producing the top sports feature series where he covered several angles of how concussion knowledge has evolved over time, the attitudes towards head trauma, and the viewpoints of local coaches, athletes, trainers, and doctors on the subject. One final note from me, if you've ever listened to the Sounding Off with Chap and Sig podcast, you'll know the parental advisory label on their podcast is well-earned. As such, this episode contains explicit language. And now, on to the show. Uh, you might want to get the little explicit tag for, like, for your iTunes episode. I'll, uh, I'll give a warning for sure. You've had all these like classy folks. <laughs> You're a couple of trailers, park assholes. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for being on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're rolling now, in case you don't know. Fuck. All right. <laughs> Just starting now. Okay. Uh, so uh, this is our first hour, my first show uh, live. I do all my uh, uh, recording usually over the phone with a wiretap that uh, Mr. Sigler here gave me on his last day um, at work. Uh, he gifted it to me, uh, handed it down. I was going to start my podcast, and it was, it was serendipity, so he gave me the, the keys to the kingdom in a certain way. So, uh, but this is the first uh, time I'm recording live. This is very exciting. Um, You'll so. find this exhilarating. Oh. <laughs> See, here's the good thing that you do. You edit. Yeah. Ours doesn't. Okay. Like, it, if, if we fuck up in the first uh-huh. 20 minutes, well, shit, that's going to be a little blip if they listen because we're not, we don't edit. I know. I, I leave the mistakes in. It's really just anything, you know, and that's why I like to let it sit for a few days because I like to think, you know, uh, you know, because you guys are unfiltered and I respect that about you. It's just that I like to let it sit and think about, do I want to put that out in the world and have my name attached to it? Do I? Maybe not. So yeah. I do, I do cut a, and I don't cut a lot actually. There's just like a few. And there's like things I'll say, like jokes I don't think are funny, or like you know conversations that don't go anywhere, or I nervously laugh a lot and I say um, so sometimes I cut that out. So I don't do a whole bunch of editing. So you gotta be unfiltered, Ron. You, <laughs> you gotta let people. I mean, you just gotta let it fly. Yeah, and I respect that about you guys. And in my in my pull in my personal life, uh, you know, Josh knows that we we've said many things when we're alone in the newsroom yeah, that would, was... would get us fired and, and and excoriated and never and no one would ever want to talk to us again if they were recording. But uh, I am a public person in my job. Um, that is one thing. That, that is a valid point. You put your name on everything. We uh, do not you guys even in the show name? It's it's, it's yeah, it's Sig and, and Chap. So it's like not even Google searchable necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. um, and that's that's cool man that's 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 fine but I, I have a weekly column where i my face and my name are in the paper every week so see if you're ever gonna make it famous though you need a you need an alias oh wow that's okay. what you need to keep in mind is this like in uh, wrestling what should my what should my alias be <laughs> this bird this bird <laughs> this bird you okay know what I'm, you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely, absolutely. Uh, i see you as like a dick warren dick yeah. warren 
Wow, that name's sounds familiar. I, I just came up to me. I thought Dick it was Warren. Dick Warren. Dick Warren. Peter, <laughs> Is this like a Peter rabbit? Dick Warren. Yeah. Like a Dick Warren. You've worn the dick. Like you've oh. worn the dick. Dick Warren. Okay, someone else has got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, like I wasn't throw. making it that way, but okay. <laughs> I would just like to throw Peter Goes in you uh, out there. That'd be a good one for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how he felt or snatched would be a good one. I got these for all four days. Um, so we should probably just say, as we've, as we've said, you know, their, their podcast, if you haven't heard it before, it's sounding off with Chap and Sig. There is a little uh, explicit label on the iTunes for four reasons. Well earned. Uh, you guys make well use of that. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you guys, uh, you make you make uh, you make the that brothers of podcast <laughs> make that necessary. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, if you, if anybody goes back to like the first episodes, like it's really bad. Like uh-huh. the first five episodes, we're very loose with the uh-huh. fucks. We try to get a little yeah, more. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we try to get a little more adult and professional, and only put them when we're really passionate about something. Uh-huh. So if you go back to an episode within the first five, sure. you're gonna be like, these guys are horrible. It's frat boy humor. Yeah. It's so. But we've kind of we've kind of transitioned from there. No, and that's fine. And I enjoy that kind of humor. You know, I, I nothing almost. I I would say I just think it's safe to say almost nothing can offend me. I'm really very thick skinned. I've heard it all. I've, I've seen a lot. So I don't really care one way or another. And you know, you won't personally hear me curse. But if you guys want, to, you've already let it fly. So continue <laughs> doing what you're doing. Um, so I guess we should start out and just introduce yourselves. Tell people what you want them to know about you. Whoever wants to start first. I am Chap. Uh, I'm from the Northern Indiana region. Uh, working on a college degree in communications. From Indiana University. Don't sell yourself. From Indiana University of Kokomo. Uh, I get to do the podcast. I am so sorry. That is poor etiquette by me. Uh, I gotta turn my phone on vibrate. Uh, I get to do the podcast with my hetero life partner, Sig. So that's, uh, what makes it fun. Um, this is extremely special for me because I've been, Chaps been my best friend for about 10 years, but Rob's been a really good friend of mine too for about six years. We worked together, uh, in a previous life and, uh, I moved on to Greener Pastures and have started a podcast here, but it's, it's really, it's really uh, an honor to be, um, on the show, be a guest on the show, Rob. So, uh, like what you do, love, love Thanks, you know, to see you continue to thrive. Thanks. I want to give props to Rob because when he kind of he was getting his ball rolling before we did, and so I got to pick his brain, and he was very helpful. Uh, you you sent me a shit ton of direct messages full of information that were very helpful, and you know, getting us going and no uh, getting our ball rolling. This is actually the second podcast that I've had of my own. Uh, first one, a little. Not, not quite up to snuff, I guess, as mm. far as how I, I wanted it to go. Mm. Uh, all along, I wanted my life partner, Sig, to be a part of it. Mm. Schedules didn't really allow that, but now... What was your first... Uh, what was the focus of your first podcast? It was, it was sports, just like that. It was mm-hmm. the CNC Sports Connection. Okay. Who, uh, who was it? Were you and someone else again? Yeah, it was me and, me and another guy. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> that's not gay. He likes guys, too. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but no... We so, break news on the Rob Burgess show all the time, so... You know. So, it, it was always meant to have Sig, you know, his schedule finally allowed us to do what we're doing. Uh, it's growing. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. It gives us an excuse to hang out and be dudes. Yeah, that's cool, man. Cigarette. Oh, I thought I already told you enough about myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, gave up the journalism life to um, uh, try and make a little more money and have a little less stress. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I miss the, I miss the camaraderie. I miss the adrenaline of breaking a story, but I don't miss the rest of it. So um, I got out at a good time when I was able to, you know, mm-hmm. um, get some notoriety and then and then go ahead and move on. So 
Well, that's cool, man. And uh, don't sell yourself short, Sid, because I mean I've worked with this man for for years and years, like you like you said. And you know, I uh, I think highly of my own skills. Of course, he's got a pinky up right now as he spits into a spit jar, but um, <laughs> keeping it classy Fancy for the people. Fuck. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, Sig Sig's a great journalist. Uh, he's been he's he's a great writer. He's got the the plaques to back that up. Uh, also, I do too. I'm not gonna say I don't, but uh, he's just a really good dude, man. I'm glad to see he's he's still getting his voice out there and. You know, I just met Brandon in the flesh for the today. Um, so everything you hoped. Uh, yeah, and actually, you know, we're going to get into this, but but he called me out for being a hipster in the last uh, in their uh, in their. Uh, <laughs> I do have to, I do have to say, uh, Sig undersold your penis. It is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> what does that have to do with hipster? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, that's just. I wanted to make awkwardness on your show. And you, your mission accomplished. Yeah, can we? Can it get any awkward? awkward? It could because he called me out for calling him a hipster and. <laughs> I want to. I want to let it be known uh-huh. that I, if that came across as a derogatory term, well, I've I heard you talked about hipsters, especially at the uh, Wrigley Field situation yeah. before, and and I haven't heard you've had a lot of uh, good things to say about the hipster community. <laughs> not that I speak for the hipster community, but they're a bunch of pretentious <laughs> pricks and assholes, and okay. you're not giving me that vibe. Here, here's, I think, where you might be mistaking things. All right, so. You might. I think you summed it up uh, pretty well when you said that I'm not a hipster. I'm probably more closer to a hippie. Like I actually probably identify a little bit closer with the original counterculture movement. Yeah, like I happened. didn't know hippies still existed. No, no, I apologize. No, no, I'm getting to this. No, no I'm getting to this. Hipsters <laughs> are floor, hipsters are the descendants of the hippies. They are the next generation. Now they've picked up a lot of pretentious, yeah. th- uh, you know, accoutrement in the process of of being descended from that. But I try to go more to the source. Now, you said something that was interesting that, that I want to go back to, and I don't mind you calling me a hipster. You can call me that. Like I said, I've been called worse, and, and if you want to, any labels that anyone wants attached to me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, but but you said that hipsters hate the mainstream. Like, they see the mainstream, and they just, just because something's mainstream, they hate it. Is that, is that a that fair That is my perception. Okay. And if that comes across as no, ignorant, no. I apologize. No, no, no. I think you're, you're onto something, but I think you're only got half the story. So, yes, when things are mainstream, I'm initially suspicious, always. That's just my, my Maybe that's why I'm a journalist, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Um, question, yeah. question, question everything, as, as the X-Files once said. But um, I don't hate it because it's mainstream. I've just found in my life that things that I find important and valuable are not what most people think are important or valuable. So it's not that I necessarily set myself apart from that. It's just that what I naturally think is good and decent and important I, especially living in Indiana, you know, Josh knows knows this. We've talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you kind of set yourself apart by having a certain viewpoint and a certain way of looking at things, you and it's not really open yourself up to to become a punching bag if you have. Yeah. certain viewpoints that aren't absolutely oh, and I know and I didn't adopt those viewpoints initially because I wanted to be contrarian but I'm you know I almost embrace it now where it's like if you want to call me whatever you want to call me that's fine and and I almost embrace that term of being contrarian and against stuff because it seems like most of the things that I've found valuable most people haven't and I feel like I'm ultimately proved right so I think referring to you in the hipster term was probably <laughs> was probably wrong because I think a lot of times uh, things kind of get generalized in that way and kind of put in that hipster category. Um, but believe me, like if you go to the Coterie, I feel strongly that that's like the hipster starter kit place to go. Going out uh, of their way to be well, different. Yeah, and, and that's what I think too. Like, look, sure. a true hipster to me would kind of be like, uh, 
you're against the grain a little bit, kind of, but you're you're not pretentious. You don't kind of advertise like it, it's almost like an act. That, that's how I feel well, about it. You're identifying something that I actually agree with. When people are counterculture in a way where it is just as the, the counterculture is just as regimented and mainstream that or it's their own mainstream and you like for example like like punk if you want to say someone's a punk like you know punk rock or whatever that has a very specific uniform okay but the idea of it right now being a punk like in 1977 when when punk was formed um that was formed organically people wore that stuff because that was what was around they put safety pins through their nose because that was what they had laying around and they you know this was like mainstream america (laughs) exactly now people do that because it's a uniform it's a it's a costume it's a it's a it's a it's a thing that you put on to identify yourself with a certain group and it's not any more uh you know you know get in line you know bootstep down the street as someone that wearing like an izod shirt you know what i mean like, like if you saw me walking down the street wearing a brave shirt wearing yeah. sandals wearing wearing khaki shorts you would think oh an ex-jock a meathead but if you take time to get to know me you know mm-hmm. that i'm have i have levels to this shit so like yeah. if you see rob wearing a kangle hat and a flannel you might think hipster or 90s alternative but there's many more layers to him he's like an onion he is right, man. <laughs> he makes me cry. Only ten minutes in. For example, we recently went at the coterie, and I don't know if that makes you cringe when I say that place by we name or whatever. Cool. Okay, but when you, my brother, and I went out sig, yeah. and you asked if they had anything domestic. The snobbish look that we we looked like we were like trailer park boys with the way that guy looked at us. Like yeah. he said, all they had was PBR, and Sid goes, "Do you have anything as level up from PBR as domestic?" And that guy looked at looked at you like you were a peasant. I'm not like taking donkey piss for eight dollars a glass. Like not. he just looks so down on you, and I'm like, dude, you've got a handlebar mustache, which I am impressed with, by the way. I am a yeah. connoisseur of it facial was hair. Like his beard had a perm. It was the yeah. craziest thing. And, and I was. <laughs> I wish you. It was almost like he wanted to tell us to go down to a local Seven Eleven and buy a six pack of like butter. I'll be back. I'll get the stroke. Like no, but that's just how I felt. I'm kind of like that was a hipster to me. You look, look. Right. You can like whatever you want. Be a hipster. I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna look down on you as like derogatory. Uh But that's how I felt by my experience. That hipster looking down on me like I'm the problem. I'm like, whoa, chief. Now PBR is the perfect example of the statusy thing that is like like in, oh, let's be clear I've drank I've drank a lot of PBR in college I'm sure that's where I you probably drink most of it too I puked on the interstate on PBR <laughs> we were I was a bush light guy and now right. guy he was a Keystone guy sure. I'm a Bud Light guy and now he's a Bud Light PBR guy. is no better and no worse than any of the things you just mentioned PBR is awful PBR like is awful. terrible yeah. it's the worst but like hipsters hipsters drink it and I remember being at a bar in Bloomington and college and having some girl who was one of these hipsters that you're talking about mm-hmm. go on for 10-15 minutes about oh it's union made and that's why I support it and it's not because everyone else likes it and it's like no that is not true you're just you saw someone that is in your clique and then you had to do it too like a just, lemming but no you're right like look I mean people who go on those tangents like, look, look you're drinking like when we drank Keystone in college, mm-hmm. you could get 30 stones for 10 bones. How, how I remember. <laughs> that stuff is like $16, $17 yeah. on it. People are still buying it. When I can get a case of Bud for yeah. $3 less, and you want to sit there and tell me, oh, I like the taste. Yeah. Nobody likes the taste. Likes You're the trying taste. to be fucking cool and get the Keystone. Yeah. No, it's like, the same reason people buy Evan Williams over Jack Daniels. It's cheaper. You can, yeah. If you're trying to get drunk, you're not trying to like sit back with some free floor. I'm not sitting there going, mm, this extra watered down Coors Light of Keystone yeah. tastes so much better. No. Well, it's... no, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I had a disillusioning 
moment in college where you, you have you heard of the red uh, natty light or natural? It's just natty, and you not not light. You know what I mean? Natty heavy. Natty. You don't. You don't. Do you know what I'm talking I've about? I've never seen it, but I know. I know. I've never. I've never I've even had it. it. It's like but, a unicorn. But it, yeah, exactly. It's like people were like, "Oh, I've been Pennsylvania and I saw it," and blah blah blah, and it's still the same terrible beer. It doesn't matter. Like it's like, oh, good, it's not light, but it still tastes like it's urine. It's the, like, it's the same thing with a Keystone. Is a Keystone Ice or Keystone Dark yeah. or something? It was a black. It's it just because no, you can't find it at, at the you know <laughs> speedway or you know, for a nineteen-year-old. A nice-year-old palate. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not sophisticated at all. Yeah. No, to be honest, as a freshman in college, you probably shouldn't like beer. Period. Sure. You're just trying to get drunk. You're force feeding yourself yeah. to drink that stuff. Absolutely. I went there, started off my first semester with vodka and orange juice because I hated beer. Mm-hmm. This guy Sig shows up at my ca- at my dorm room with a case of stones. And he's like, "We're drinking," and I'm like, "I guess I am." And you force feed yourself beer, and then oh, that's yeah. how you acquire the taste. Kuchaka, vodka, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, terrible, terrible liquor. I would never. God, you can get the McCormick's half gallon for like. <laughs> Uh, oh. You know, one thing that was really good in college where we were was McCormick's gin. People would buy juicy juice with their wick checks <laughs> and then get some fucking McCormick's gin, and we'd be we'd be high on the hall gin and uh, juice, baby. Yeah, I had any of that gin that year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I went through a gin phase, but anyway. All right, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all how do we start talking about this? Awesome. Hipsters. No, no, not all of it. Oh, hipsters, that's right. And I'd like to point out your beard with just a few modifications. I'm talking a little oil, a little a little scaping. You I could have, have a wonderful hipster beard. Like and a little, like, Hunger Games? Yeah, you I could. have oil, Rob. Oh, I take my facial hair very seriously. Oh, excuse me. I don't mean I don't mean to denigrate your, uh, your, your care. A couple, <laughs> weeks, a couple weeks ago, I shaved off about a good three or four inches. Oh, really? This. I knocked wow. it down. Yeah, okay. Because I was trying to put, I had this audit for my company I work for, this mm-hmm. guy from Canada coming, and I was sitting in on a meeting with the big wigs. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look respectable and like I was sure. professional. So you wore your Levi's and not your Wranglers? <laughs> I wore shorts and a shirt with sleeves. That's very uncommon wow. for me. I usually rock the sleeveless, so I had to wear I sleeves. Am of that. Okay. Yeah. So my thing. Yeah. But anyway, if you wanted to switch sides, you wouldn't have to do that much work. Just I'll, I, I, I could hook you up. You but work on that bus. I have yeah. him friends. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, I couldn't tell you their names, but I have some hipster friends. Is this like when Donald Trump? He has. Oh, there's my African American. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. My Mexican friends. You can't call. It's like them. saying how many black people you know. I have yeah. three black friends. No, that's your racist. Yeah. Exactly. Get ready for some racist stuff from that person. But anyway, um, so I like I said, I listen to you guys' show. Uh, I, I don't follow the day to day of sports, but there are things that you guys bring up that I think, man, I'd really like to chime in on on those on those topics. So I, I did send you a, a few ideas. Uh, we talked a little bit about concussions uh, in the last one. I don't know that we need to rehash it, and we've probably already said most of the things we need to what say. What show are you talking about, Rob? The sounding off with Chef. Oh, and that's right. The podcast. show we recorded prior. On my apologies. How natural was that? <laughs> awesome. Natural light. Natural natty light. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we don't need to talk about concussions. Uh, I think I'm. I'm. You're. You're for them. I'm against them. You know, we don't need to talk about it anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're for CTE. Yeah. You guys. Are, you guys are pro CTE. I'm against it. I think it's wrong. I'm like. Wow. Tell, I'm like. Tell the truth. And I, in, like, the, in the primary, I actually did pull the, the CTE. Uh, the, the lever there. Oh wow. CTE, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I didn't know I was all for guys eating shotgun shells. <laughs> Killing yeah. I'm glad I it's, it's a it's a it's weird position sh- to take. It's not the I, shell. I feel like it's kind of the bullet. If yeah. you eat the shell, you'd be all right. Yeah. Oh, no point. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. yeah. It's a weird position to take, but you know, I'm not. No, here I, to... I, I just, <laughs> just if I can touch on a little bit, because I don't sure. know how your audience or how much sure. they're that or whatnot. Go. Um, I think for one, 
there, there is a big move of people pulling their kids out of football. Yep. And I think that's a little premature. It's just a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a concussion just as well as falling down the stairs, especially as a child. Who knows how many concussions children have that go undiagnosed from taking bumps. Mm-hmm. So I just – I think you're starting to see a movement of safer football and safer teachings of stuff, which I think will help eliminate – it's not going to eliminate the problem, but it will help curb the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh the media wants to run around with concussions in football and just like constantly throwing it down people's face. And for the person who isn't a sports fan, like yourself, you're not a dire sports fan. You're you just kind of I mean you you know they exist. That's kind of <laughs> yes, I so, am aware of the existence so, of sports. So based off the media, you would think that football is this horrendous thing that's going to lead to your death because you're going to shoot yourself because you have brain trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a misconception. Yes, it is horrible, and I think you're seeing the prior generations are the ones that are facing the issues with that right now. Um, Sig and I have talked about it a couple times about the current procedure. You can always do better. Sure. But I just don't want – because anybody who's not a sports fan probably just thinks, oh, any football activity is going to get you a concussion, and that's probably not entirely fair to assume. Sure. Yeah, and there's like, you know, uh, in previous incarnations, I mean, if you want to look back at, uh, you know, what, 20s when they had the leather helmets? Yeah. Like, God, can they, you even imagine? I think like, they banned it at the college level for a few years because there were so many deaths. Yeah. Well, for then. instance, they actually said, which I don't know how the, the evidence they would have for this is, that was also considered to be a safer era of football because they were aware of the limited protection that they had. Sure. So they kind of compare that almost to what rugby is now. I mean, when you're souped up in those pads and you oh, got yeah. that helmet and you're and you can run four four speed, you run like a missile and drop somebody because yeah. you're young, dumb, and think you're untouchable. Mm-hmm. And you use your head. I mean, you're a missile. Sure, that's the issue. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've we've tried to make football so safe that we gave a false sense of uh, yeah. Of security, mm-hmm. so yeah, and I don't have a problem with adults, you know, who understand the risks. Uh, I think that's an important part of, of of it, and you know, you have to consider how much they're getting paid too. I mean, they're getting paid to put themselves on the line, and part of the giant paychecks they're getting is that they are putting themselves in dangerous hazard pay, like in the military, yeah. you know. So yeah, and that's that's been my whole stance in the in the in the last few months of, as we talked about this is that I just want the NFL to have some transparency. If you can just come out and and acknowledge that scientific studies over the past 20 or 30 years have created a direct link between brain trauma and football, and then say, here it is, boys, play at your own peril, I would have no problem with that. But mm-hmm. I think that the NFL has tried to do smoke and mirrors for so long that it's become annoying for intelligent people to know that they're not being fully truthful to, to help their bottom line. That's my big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a profit motive attached to it. So. Well, I think, too, we are such a blood-hungry and violent-hungry country mm-hmm. that there's a reason football has the money involved with it that it does in the ratings. The, the football ratings are highest of any other sport mm-hmm. because people are watching other people – People want to watch other men just bash each other in the injuries and everything like that. Absolutely. We are bloodthirsty. And I felt like the movie, The Hunger Games, and the book was the book before it was the um, it was the movie. But I felt like the author of that of that series was taking a backhanded stab at our culture. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not that extreme in the make believe world of of Pan Am. Mm-hmm. But I think that you can draw a loose parallel that like you know mm-hmm. we depend on it for our pop culture for our entertainment. And a lot of the average people don't care if mm-hmm. Johnny football player has, has spaghetti noodles for brains. 
Exactly. And there is, like, I don't even think it's, like, I think it's bigger than what you're saying. You're saying it's in our country. And it's true. In Amer- America is where football, you know, came from or whatever. But I think it's in, in, a, in human nature. It's just that we live in a society where there's not a lot of spaces to be that violent or see that violence. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, UFC has got kind of the same way. When I when I see UFC, I personally just, I can't watch it. It just makes me sick. Like, I can't, I can't watch people just beat into the pulp like that. It does nothing for me. But I know that for other people they have something inside them that that excites them and I'm not faulting them for that that's part of who they are if I had that I would want an outlet for it too so it's I'm glad there is a place that that makes that makes it okay for that to happen you so. talk about like in other places in the world or anything like that there are a lot more extremes than football or the UFC oh, that absolutely. we have so I get what you're saying yeah, yeah. Um, there Rug, are still rugby. places where they fight to the death mm-hmm. so uh, but as sure. far as the the UFC um for me, and Sig is a casual, you know, he'll get the pay, he'll watch the pay per views when I get him and everything like that. But for me, it it all comes down to the competition. There is no better competition than one on one man or woman fighting each other, mm-hmm. as long as it's the same sex. I'm not, I don't condone mm-hmm. the men fighting the women or whatever. I mean, look, but, there's a reason why there's websites like Live Leak. People want to see, you know, what Live Leak is. That's where like like people upload murders and I don't want to see that shit I mean but there's a reason why it exists like I know that that's extreme but that, yeah, yeah. those types of websites get lots of hits because everything, people want to see the ogreish stuff everything exists for a reason but like with the UFC like that's just the ultimate competition to me it's one on one there's no teams it's literally who's the best mm-hmm. like at, at, in this matchup and that's Strictly from the competition, you know, there's stuff I see that makes me cringe. If I watch a football game or somebody a bone breaks, I'm not fuck yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm like oh god, like I don't like I start seeing the instant replays and I want to walk away. Like mm-hmm. I can't watch that shit. Right. It's all about the competition for me. Mm-hmm. I understand the risks involved and the injuries that come with it, mm-hmm. but there are people who are like oh, watch his leg snap. I'm like no, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Like. Sure. Well, and there are people like if, I remember, you know, watching as a kid, you know, those big open field hits in football. It's the same way. It's like you'd meet, you'll be here like from the crowd, the instant reaction, you know. But now that we know what we know, that's like people, you know, they know what comes after that. So they're Even a little less. suffered one. Yeah. You know what that guy's about to go through. You know, exactly. You, you can watch a guy now in any sport. If you see a guy go limp, mm-hmm. like he'll get hit. You just yeah. see him. Or it's get like, up and have no idea where he is. He gets yeah. the deads. I mean, he just goes oh, limp. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God. Right. Like, Right. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it not just in football. You know, the big thing for me, and you say you're a baseball fan when you're a kid, mm-hmm. where high inside hitting the helmet, Ooh. a guy getting drilled in the head. That's there rough. is nothing that like makes me tighten up and get so sick more. Oh. A guy catching you're a fastball, a violent projectile thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. man, I, mm-hmm. it just makes me cringe. Yeah, to see the guy, I just sit there watching. I was like, please move. Yeah. please move. Please, right. please show yeah. me that yeah. you're not dead. Right. Exactly. Um, you know. Josh here, you know, when we work together, I think we should point out that he won uh, several of his awards for a series about concussions, so we have a pretty knowledgeable person here. Would you want to explain kind of what you found when you when you did those stories, just encapsulate that real quick, because it was a really great series that you did yeah, about that. Yeah, I think that, you have so. a problem. Thank you for bringing that up. I think no you have, you have even at the local level, you have a problem with coaches and, and players and doctors, because coaches coaches that are play, you know have coached football for a long time they love the sport and they're going to it's a self-serving prophecy type of thing it's the same reason why you see that your friends on Facebook that are cops show pro police videos it's the same reason why you you'll have a coach of a local high school say that you know uh, football gets a bad rap it's not as violent and, and concussions are much more isolated when I feel like that's not true necessarily mm-hmm. and then you have the player the 18 year old knucklehead kid that doesn't care how many times they get their brains busted in mm-hmm. if it means that they'll have to take a ride in a helicopter 
to the hospital. I think that most of those kids, because they don't understand the future ramifications of mm-hmm. what they're doing to themselves at a young age. So you have to, so you have that, and then you have the trainers who have to monitor that and make decisions that they know are going to be unpopular in the locker room and with the coaches. Mm-hmm. And then also the thing that was the most surprising to me is that the medical professional professionals in big towns, you know, they um, don't agree on certain aspects of concussions like second second concussion syndrome. If you come mm-hmm. back too soon from the first one and get sure. a second one, the theory is, is that you're you're really opening yourself up to brain bleeds mm-hmm. and death. And did, did you tell me that you interviewed one doctor who wasn't even sure if CTE was real? Didn't you tell me that or something like that? There was something like he wasn't fully... He wasn't fully convinced the second concussion, okay. concussion syndrome was a real thing. And I, I that was baffling. He, he's a medical doctor, a local team doctor. That's crazy. So the thing I, the thing I um, took away from it the most after my research was that it's not just isolated to the NFL. It's it's a problem at the local level with coaches, doctors, and players as well. Mm-hmm. I have a cousin who plays junior high football, mm-hmm. and there was a kid that he played with. He missed the whole season because he got two concussions in practice mm-hmm. before games even started. Mm-hmm. He missed the whole season and missed half of basketball season because of two concussions in a span of like a month. Mm-hmm. So to say that it's just the high school level, I mean, this is trickling down into your 10, 11, 12-year-olds and probably even younger. Sure. Now, Rob, do you have any kids? Yeah, I have a son. He's almost two. Okay. If your son wants to play football, what do you do? Uh, absolutely not. Not going to let him play? Not even a, not even a conversation nope. about it? Nope. Sorry. Strictly based off the fear of the injuries? Uh, well, A, I don't ever want to go to a football game for kids, first of all. I've been to those. I'm kidding. No, most of it is based off of, yeah, safety. And I would not ever let him do several sports that, you know, I my wife is into horses. She would want him to do horseback riding. I don't even know if I want her to do that. Neck injuries, Christopher Reeve, RIP. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I have a real problem with it. And I know that we, the more we find out, uh, it's just, it, it seems crazy to me. I'm sorry. I know there's people that have their kids in football, and I, I have friends that have their kids in football, and I just I, I could I never do it. I could never do it, man. I, I, I played football all the way through college, and, and I have, my first child was, is a girl, so hopefully, um, you know, I never even have to broach that subject there. But if I have a boy, I hope they don't want to play because I don't want to have to have yeah. that conversation. Absolutely. Man. Now, okay, you don't have a son on the kids yet, Rob. Your son's young enough. Let's say in the next ten years that there are gigantic strides in safety and a drastic number of concussions are prevented or mm-hmm. reduced. Does that change your mind, or do you still have the cold, hard stance that period done, not going to be an option? I think that you're placing a little more uh, uh, credence in the idea that the game can be made safer. I think that, and I, I think you probably ran across this in your research, the main the main thing we're worried about is the brain sloshing inside the head and hitting up against the skull. Is that, yeah, is that that's, that's, that's yeah. the... The brain's rebounding off its own right. skull. So you can make the padding a around that better, but just the force of going and then stopping immediately and then the brain inside continuing to move while the outside is stopped and then coming up against it. I don't know how you stop that short of just not going as fast. I don't really know if there's a way to mitigate for that. So I don't really, I mean, that's the way I've had, had explained to me. I mean, that's that Josh and I've talked about this before. I think that's the way it works. I don't know if there is a way to make it safer. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm willing to be proven wrong, but I don't know if like, like that problem doesn't seem solvable to me. My understanding is there are helmets that are being created that reduce that can reduce concussions by sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now something like that, you know, and Sig and I talked about that, why is the NFL not investing in this company and mm-hmm. being like, hey, we want those helmets right now. So uh, my whole thing is at w- in any sport there's gonna be danger. There is going to be potential sure. to get hurt. Absolutely. Your kid could be 
could be getting on a chair to get something out of the cabinet, fall above his head, got a concussion, and he never put on a football. My son ball. almost uh, kills himself on a daily basis. Josh knows. I think my fear is we're gonna start pussifying America a little bit more than what it already is, yeah. and putting these kids in bubbles. And it, it starts at football. Yeah. But I there's understand. there's so many other places that it can get hurt, especially in sports, yeah. that we're going to start. I mean, that's my concern. Okay. Toughness is a relative term, and yeah, I, I don't exactly. think that you have to be a barbarian to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I understand that. I understand that the concern that we are creating softer physically and emotionally in terms of kids with the things we've done with our society. Yeah. And, I, and I guess let me preface that you don't have to do sports to determine yeah. your toughness or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, you even played baseball as a kid. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you got good values from playing sports? Yeah, and there's things to be learned from from uh, from sports, and I absolutely think it is a career, a career could be a career, but character building exercise for a lot of people, and a lot of people get a lot of things out of it. I certainly did. I can't say I didn't get anything out of it. It certainly did. And yeah, I have friend, I had friends from it. It was something to do. You know, you learn about teamwork. You learn about working together with other people. Um, you know, so there's things to be learned. And you're right. Danger is all around us. You know, I've learned that with a child. You know, I, I used to laugh at people that had leashes for their children, and I'm considering buying one right now. So right. I, <laughs> I guess I just have a long-term fear of sports on the decline mm-hmm. because of the fear of injuries. Okay. And I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want a world in a bubble. I understand that. And I actually agree with you because, um, all right, so you want to go back to hipster and hippie and all that. I, I am totally, I am a feminist. I think that uh, women should be given equal opportunity to men. I think uh, there's a patriarchy in place in our country that is oppressive. But, but, but I will say that I have known, and I'm not going to name any names because they might be listening, but I have known hippie parents who have had boys who have not allowed those boys in a healthy way to express express their masculinity because they're fighting so hard against that patriarchy and so hard for feminism that they end up tamping down a natural, healthy part of their son's, you know what I mean, personality that it ends up having bad, let's just say bad consequences for them as adults. So I do think that what we're seeing now is an over backlash to something that I think was and continues to be a real problem, but there has to be a way for, and I have a son, so this is something I think about too. I want him to be able to be a man in a way that is healthy and natural, but not oppressive to other people. Yep. Does that make sense to you? I'm glad you mentioned the, the feminism thing yeah. because the Chapman Six show is very woman friendly. I, un- we, I appreciate we, that about we, you guys. We love I appreciate women, that. And here's, we'll go ahead and put it in the sports, uh, sports side. Equality and equal opportunity to me can kind of be different. Mm-hmm. Um, you, women, like the, the pay disparities are big. Like if you look at it in sports, the average WNBA player makes thirty five thousand dollars a season. Yeah. The average, what's the minimum sig for NBA? It's got to be half a million. It's at least that. At least half a million for a man. So if you're a bench player, never get missed. You're making half a million. The MVP of the WNBA can make thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So, and these women are going overseas to make millions of dollars. Yep. So, these third world countries are valuing women's sports more than we are. Right. I think that should be a big hindrance to people. Like, they need to really think about this. Mm-hmm. But also, too, even the fight on feminism and trying to get equality for women, the media in this country as a whole, we sexualize every female athlete. It's true. The ones you know Good about point. tend to be attractive. Good point. That's very true. If they're not attractive, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. I made the comparison on the Indy 500 recently. 
there was a woman riding. There was a woman ri- driving in the 500. I didn't know about it until the day of the race. Mm. I googled her. She wasn't Danica Patrick attractive. Mm. She wasn't overly pretty. And I'm like, well, right, right there. That's why. You, I mean, really, mm-hmm. if, if it'd been anybody who had supermodel looks, you'd be hearing about it mm-hmm. all week long, leading up to the race. Right. Yep. So we are still sexualizing women, mm-hmm. and I don't know how do you. At a young age, especially like the high school level or whatever, I don't know if you can change that mentality. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know how you change an immature mind into thinking a woman is your equal or a mm-hmm. female is your equal. Because mm-hmm. hormones are just your mind. You're not. A lot of 16, 17 year old kids are just trying to get ass. They're not thinking, oh, this person's my equal. Honestly. And I don't know how we change that. <laughs> but you're also a product of your environment. If you grow up in an environment where women are subservient to men, that's the way you're going to treat them going forward, too. So I think if you can gradually move towards that equality, and you're going to have the sexualization of women, you're right. going to have the masculinization of men, it's not going to go away tomorrow. But I think that if we can help with little things like equal pay and mm-hmm. having women executives, yeah. um, I don't want to see women playing football. That'd be, that'd be dangerous. I mean, because there are, there are some limitations to it. I mean, the average man is stronger than the average woman. But mm-hmm. in terms of, like, their mind and the way we perceive them as leaders, yeah. I feel like we have a long way to go. You have to, like, do you take the, like, clearly there are physical differences. And so what you're pointing out on the mind and the intelligence mm-hmm. and everything like that, I 100% agree. I think as a society, we need to hold every aspect of our country and civilization that is sexualizing women and making them feel inferior to men. We need to hold them accountable. We almost walk around like... Oh, feminism, feminism. Well, I'm busy over here. Like, mm-hmm. we, we want to chant it on the weekends, but we're not really holding anybody accountable That's for the point. way they handle this stuff. There, there are a lot of attractive women in sports, but they're not always the best athlete. Mm-hmm. So, I would. They're strictly being used for their looks. And yeah. that's, that's the way it's going to be. And, and it needs to Wasn't change. It, who was the – I'm going to get this wrong, but who was the tennis player in the late 90s, early 2000s? That was ever, it Kornikova? Anna Kornikova? Well, wasn't yeah. she like number 268th in the world? She never she, cracked. She cracked the, like, the top 100 at some point. Ever, yeah. I don't know. But she never, she never won anything that had good competition. She was the only female tennis player I knew and for she, a long time. She was very attractive. And yeah. there were probably – not probably. There were better tennis players she that I had no idea. than finals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just how it exactly. Works. So that's least, a perfect at example. Least what you're talking about. a decent player. Is one, yeah. is one of Grand Slams. Uh, uh, the female player of the WWE, uh, Della Nadova, or uh, Della De- Don. Okay, yeah. she is a very attractive woman. She is six five. She won the MVP last year. Mm-hmm. That chicken ball. Which is okay, that is you won an award. You're the best player in the league, and you have to be attractive. You're a triple threat. Congratulations. Right. But the other women who aren't nobody knows. Who, who was the runner-up to the MVP? Nobody knows. Right. But so it's, we need... Brittany Griner, probably. <laughs> who was very manly-looking, but I just... Extreme opposite of Deladon. I just think we need to do a better effort at bringing the women up to our... Uh, equaling the playing field for women in all aspects. Right. And having fe- feminism be something that should just be natural and not something we have to preach for and fight for... Uh, Right. When it's convenient, I guess. And I, I don't think that there's any value in pretending there's no differences between men and women, because obviously there are, like you said. I mean, there men men are, in general, present company included, um, bigger than women, you know, and stronger. So, uh, although I did wrestle a lot of women when I was a wrestler, because they were the only ones exactly. in my class. <laughs> um, I'd like to point that out. But, um, yeah, it's like, we, we, it's kind of like with race. You can't pretend that everybody is the same, but you have to give people the opportunity to achieve 
based on their merit and not just discount people because of this factor or that factor. So anyway. I'll tell you this. That's a good point you made. Yeah. Like the thing I'm, I came from a town that was all white, very racist. Mm-hmm. One of the most things I'm most proud about for myself is not any awards I won or not, a, you know, being a cum laude graduate from this school or that school or, or running in these circles or that circles. I'm proud of myself that when I meet someone, the first thing that comes out, comes in my brain is, oh, they're black. Oh, they're Latin. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really proud of myself that I've been able to like not do that anymore. Yeah. Not that I was ever like really racist, but when it's just like ingrained in you because of the culture in which you live, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with the with the feminist movement. Like people don't want to hear it because it's just it's they're not going to give it any real estate mm-hmm. in their brain because of the culture in which they're raised. Yeah. And you guys were talking a little bit before, and uh, you know I respect the fact that you guys do stick up for issues like that. Especially because you guys are so foul-mouthed, and I respect it more. Because, let me tell you, I have been around very manipulative people who say all the right things, they know all the things to say, but they are terrible and just rotten to the core. You guys, I think, have a good heart, and you guys are your hearts are in the right place. It's just that certain people are put off by using certain words and referring to things in certain ways. Give me any day of the week somebody that says real stuff and is just unfiltered that has their heart in the right place over some smooth, manipulative person that actually is rotten to the core, but they know all the right things to say. They know all the little, you know, keywords to get around because those people, those people are the ones you have to watch out for, man. Those are the snakes in the grass. So anyway, that's your ESPN, by the way. ESPN is going to tell you (laughs) everything that's going to profit them and make them look good. Or your presidential nominee. But we we do appreciate those kind of words. Uh, Thank Thank you. you Uh, I I remember when we did an episode, somebody's texted me or whatever it's like never would have picked you as a feminism or as a feminist or whatever and I'm like look you know if you want to talk you get razzed for it yeah mm-hmm. what no you get razzed for yeah. it yeah where we're from and I'm like why because I think women are equal because I think my wife is just as qualified to do anything that I'm going to do shit my wife is far more qualified than everything like your wife is better than you at everything that's <laughs> so, true but I thought the like, they are <laughs> <laughs> right right my wife is better than me at everything except manual labor <laughs> but no like it's Someone's like, oh, I never pegged you as a feminist. And I'm like, five years ago, could I have told you that's how I was going to be? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I, everybody should, their opinions should change as they get older because you should be more wiser to seeing how the world is. Absolutely. Someone who has had the same mentality now that they did 10 years ago, right. that scares me. That's good Because point. you're not growing. Yeah. And I look at kids now, 18, 19 years old, and I hear the shit that comes out of their mouth, and I, I kind of get embarrassed because I'm like, I remember when I said that. I or said, thought that. oh, yeah. And then, like, I'm like, I hope to God you grow out of this because if you mm-hmm. don't, you're you're gonna make you're gonna make this world that we're trying to make better. Of you're gonna yeah. slow us down. You're gonna slow down our progress. You know, I, so. I'm gonna do something I don't ever usually do, but I'm gonna defend Hillary Clinton right now. She gets razzed for being inconsistent, flip flopping, being cynically watching the polls and changing her position. So I for, hit- for being a politician, she's getting harassed for being a politician. Precisely. Okay. Okay. What do we want people to do? All right, if we think they're wrong, do we want them to continue being wrong, or do you want them to change? If someone changes, shouldn't you give them, even if it's for a cynical reason, even if the only reason that they change is because they see everyone else changing, they're like, well, I better keep up with the times, isn't that better than somebody, like you're saying, that sticks their flag in the sand and they're like, I have this position now and I'm never going to change it? You have to realize that... You, what do you want people to do? You want people to grow and change and, and 
gather new information and take it in and, and maybe change. So being inconsistent, yes, yes, it's nice to be consistent like Bernie does, and I'm not knocking him at all. Obviously, I like a lot of things about him, um, and he's been on the right side for a long time, which allows him to do that. But, you know, let's give people a break when they do make progress. And that's all I mean. Like, that flip-flop thing doesn't, you know, I don't really count that as a negative always. Well, think about this, Rob. Mm-hmm. We, the big thing that we try to promote is, you know, believe in something, be true to your convictions, and just mm-hmm. just have a base to stand on. Right. I think people who do do that get that and run with it. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay to be wrong, but they'll never accept that. It's like mm-hmm. it's they, they want you to have a belief and stick to it, but never never say you're wrong. It, it's almost sad. Like we, we try to tell these people it's okay to be wrong, but nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be like, I was on the wrong side for the last five, mm-hmm. ten years or even longer. Nobody right. wants to do that. They just dig their heels in mm-hmm. and try to manipulate it in some way. And you're right with what you're saying, especially when it comes to politicians. I think Trump is a horrible example because that motherfucker will flip flop <laughs> in the same sentence. Flip flop, say little navy with that but, guy. But you're right. <laughs> Mitt Romney ran into the uh-huh. problem against Obama when he ran. When somebody asked him, like, "Oh, you flipped on this," and he goes. I realized I was wrong. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Do you yeah. want me to stick with my wrong viewpoint? Sure. And there were people who were ridiculing him, calling him flip flopper. Right? Yeah. And I'm with you. It's like you admitted you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're in a position with the last 20 years of your life is, on, is is being reviewed, mm-hmm. you can't expect someone at 20 to think the same way as 30, or mm-hmm. the same person at 30 to think the same way at 50. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna grow. Your opinions are gonna change, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Should be. But we forget to acknowledge that. We mm-hmm. just want. I mean. Nobody wants to. Un- nobody wants to acknowledge that. Hey, your opinion's going to change. It's mm-hmm. okay. Right. So yeah, absolutely, man. Well, the other sports topic I was thinking about because I heard you guys talk about this a little bit is PEDs. Now, you guys, I hear you talk about Bash Brothers. We're talking about before. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. to that duo and their credibility. Um, but uh, you know, what is your problem with PEDs? Like, as a fan, like, don't you like it that like? Okay, if you gave me PEDs. I couldn't do, you know, I might get bigger or something or I might, you know, whatever might shrink, but, you know, <laughs> whatever your hands, happens. Your hands and your head would grow. Yeah, there you and, go. But your very big, your big head. So, um, just big head. So, um, one of them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So if you gave me PEDs, I'm not going to hit a baseball better because that was not a skill I had in the first place. All right. And I see a lot of people and I understand you want to keep the game natural and whatever, but Okay, first of all, let's take it back to Babe Ruth times. All right, people want to put up, and I don't mean to make a straw man argument because you guys haven't made this and I haven't heard you say it, but people that are against PEDs say, you know, back in the day I like it when the game was pure and it was just this and it was just that. It was just the way, old-fashioned, the way it used to be. All right, Babe Ruth didn't play against any black people. Let's put that out there first. The, As I understand it from my uh, rusty baseball knowledge, the uh, the home run, what counted as a home run, was not as long as it is today, right? You, you only have to hit it what, outfield. It's right much now shorter, the point. quarter is much deeper in center. Yeah, exactly. So those have changed. The ball used to be huge, right? It used to be like a softball size, right? Wasn't the circumference of the ball no, bigger? No, I think the no? materials in which it was made would have changed. Like today we have a cork center, and, a, and that, that didn't happen right. until like the 60s or 70s. Right. It's called the light ball era. Okay. Because what they played in called the dead ball area was just yarn. Now it was actually heavy. It was, it was actually harder. It was harder to hit that. That's okay. why dead ball. Okay. Um, I guarantee they didn't test for anything. They didn't know how. Um, I guarantee probably some strange shots were being given of questionable medical material. I mean, yeah, snake oil salesmen were, I'm sure, lining up out the door. So I'm sure if Babe Ruth had. Yeah, exactly. Medicinal, even. Um, so, you know, people 
uh, I'm sure if Babe Ruth had access to PEDs, he would have taken them. All right, my thing is, I think, and I'm just going to put my opinion out there, and you guys can say whatever you want to about it, because I don't know anything about sports, and I'm an idiot in this case. So I'm just from an outsider's perspective. What if we just said, okay, you can do all the PEDs you want, everything. You have to admit it, and we have to put it on every scroll underneath your name every time we see you on TV. It's going to be on the back of the baseball card, and everyone's going to know this forever and all times. You can do it, but you have to be honest about it. What is your problem with that system? Let me just kind of go back to what you're talking about in the early part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's remember too. Back in the Babe Ruth era, mm-hmm. there wasn't the money involved that mm-hmm. there is now. Right. So the initiative to take anything back in the day mm-hmm. was slim to none, probably mm-hmm. closer to none. Um, the, you have to take into consideration inflation. I mean, Babe Ruth signed a hundred thousand dollar contract with the Yankees, which if you he was paid more than the president at the time. If right? you were to yeah. if you were to do the inflation numbers, that's 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 healthy, hefty money. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but my point is then too. You know, the the, the he didn't play against any black athletes. I've said that for years. No, I, I, yeah. like, and I, I'm not, yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the greatest baseball players ever never made it to the bigs. They played in the Negro Leagues. Exactly. So, um, But as far as what you're saying now, and I, I guess my standpoint is I, I like to think of things as fair. If, if you're going to draw up the guidelines and you're going to create the sport, I want it to be fair across the board. Mm-hmm. And when you start to cheat or somebody's taking stuff like that, you're you are now not falling within my guidelines, mm-hmm. and you've tarnished my game. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're trying to say is it'd be unnatural, and if everybody had the permission to take the PEDs and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that, it, it's unnatural. And as a whole, would it be better for the game? Probably, I would say so. Wasn't it exciting when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were hitting all those home runs? Yeah, wasn't I mean after the strike? Wasn't that wasn't that so exciting back in the nineties? That was when I was into baseball. That was huge. That That was probably the peak of my liking baseball. That was the saving grace coming off the strike. You had the home run uh, chase. But now everyone's like they they tarnished that. They took it now. Now all that's asterisk, you know. And we, I touched on this a couple episodes ago um, on our show. I love watching a perfect game. Sure. If you're showing me a pitcher out there pitching a perfect game, there's only been like 23 of them in the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is great. A casual fan wants to see six home runs hit a game, and they want to see a score that resembles a football score mm-hmm. right. instead of you know a one nothing. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate the game for what it is. I think there are less and less people like me in the world mm-hmm. that really traditionally love the game for the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a business sense... And ratings, absolutely. In, in professional sports across the board, let's give you the PEDs and, and run rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can also lead to, if, if something like that were to go into football, it's even danger, more dangerous because you've already got testo- testosterone ripping players. I mean, it's just, right. I get what you're saying, and it probably would better sports from a business aspect. Mm-hmm. But as a historian of the game and just the love of sports and fair competition, mm-hmm. that's why I'm strictly against it 100%. Right. No, I understand that too. But like, okay, let's let's go over, and I'm not, you guys are going to fill me in on the particulars, but what is, is it the cortisone shots that they get? Uh, football players? No, not cortisone. What is it called? Like, it's like some shot that you get that helps you heal faster. There's HGH, human growth hormone. But that's legal, right? You can't, no, no it's not legal. Not anymore. Was it when? When did that well, change? They had because you have the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency that has all these banned substances that athletes can't take. Okay. For the longest time in Major League Baseball, they had they didn't they hadn't banned steroids, they hadn't banned uh, androstenedione, dion, they hadn't banned human growth hormone. And, and uh, for I can speak for Mark McGuire, not Sosa. I'm not sure exactly what Sosa was doing, but at the time, 
uh, Mark McGuire had a bottle of Androstein Dium sitting in his locker, and the reporter, oh, wow. a reporter asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, that's what I take. It wasn't a banned substance in the major leagues, right. and, and, and McGuire didn't feel like he'd done anything wrong. That and creatine, which is a very popular thing Maybe I'm now. thinking of that, yeah. And what didn't Kobe go to like Germany and get some, some thing? Yeah. That's that, another thing. Kobe went and got experimental treatment, which isn't legal in the United States. Right. He went to Germany and got it done on his knees, helped with the healing and everything. But that's not illegal, right? He had some stem cells shot in his knee. But that's not illegal, right? Nobody's going to leave Kobe out of the Hall of Fame because of it. Okay. Based on... But that's an artificial help that he would not have gotten anyway. And okay. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Let's say you're going you're gonna to go to work, but you've got a really bad headache. Mm-hmm. You take some ibuprofen. Yeah. You just took performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's really however you want to But I'm not against it. performance. No, exactly. drugs, so you're pushing against an open door. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> Let me just say this. I, I, I understand both sides of the argument you guys mm-hmm. are having here. I don't like that I'll forever have to wonder who was taking what and mm-hmm. what records are genuine and right. what aren't. My bigger problem is guys who lied about it mm-hmm. and were and vilified media members because they reported. Oh, well, yeah, things. yeah, absolutely. So you Lance have, Armstrong like, is a monster. Like I We can say that yeah, now for sure. That's a good he example. sued people that said the truth for telling the truth, and he said that they were liars. So that's a guy that's despicable. Like Mark McGuire never lied about anything. He pled the fifth in his congressional yeah. hearings when he had to when he had to speak in front of it, right. and he was he was honest about it at the time, and uh-huh. then pled the fifth. So, right. but guys like Barry Bonds, guys like Rafael Palmeiro, yeah. um, the guys that lied about it, and you know were dickheads to the media and congressional uh, panels, that pisses me off more than the cheating itself. Mm-hmm. You make a good point about wondering what is legit as far as the record books mm-hmm. go and everything like that. And I'm with you 100%. We like to think of the game as pure and natural and to sit there and wonder and be like, well, they kind of they started in the 60s but finished in the set late 70s, early 80s. Like, did, did at any point in time, did they start taking something? Mike Schmidt, Hall of Fame third baseman for the Phillies, openly talked about uh, – Back in the day, before a lot of ballparks had lights, you know, all the day games and everything like that, yeah. especially like when he had to go to Wrigley, mm-hmm. he's like, man, he goes, when you're coming off a night game and you got to play a one o'clock start at Wrigley, you don't get into Chicago until mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning. Right. He's like, I take greenies and amphetamines and all that stuff to mm-hmm. keep me awake. Right. Those are banned substances. Those are considered PEDs. Mm-hmm. But nobody batted an eye because it was the culture. Right. It was everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, at just as a traditionalist and a lover of a natural, clean game, that's where I stand. Okay. My personal preference was if I was a commissioner, I would ban everything mm-hmm. that could be considered performance-enhancing. If I was a business owner and I was trying to profit and make my game as popular as it could be, mm-hmm. absolutely. You have to consider what is the safest way right. to allow these players to use PEDs. Look, here's the thing. People take PEDs because they work. Mm-hmm. And the money involved. If, you, if, if you're if you right on the cusp, we'll use baseball, we'll just keep using baseball as an example. If you're a triple-A triple ball player and you're just on the cusp of making the mm-hmm. majors, but if you take some PEDs and that gets you up to the big leagues and you get a $10 million contract a year, mm-hmm. of course you're going to do it. Sure. I mean, this is a business and this is a you, And that's one thing I thought was interesting with the episode where you talk about was the guy that got uh, – was a baseball player that got caught using oh, – probably a couple. But then he still gets paid for the days that he's suspended. No. Or, no. The, the, the contract still keeps going or you, something? You don't get paid. Nelson, you don't get paid. No, for, you don't get paid. When you get suspended. What isn't it if you play a certain number of games a year? Isn't that what I heard you say? No, what it is is – I think what you're referring to is Nelson Cruz okay. who – uh, he got suspended 50 or 100 games. He got popped twice, actually, for, for PEDs. Uh-huh. And then he got a monster contract afterwards. Uh-huh. Okay. So he actually got 
you cheated, your numbers are tainted, but a team gave you right. $20 million a year mm-hmm. knowing that you're one drug test away from being banned from baseball for life. Sure. So, okay. um, but now the whole aspect of that is too, if a player gets to spend their own PEDs, it's not like the team gets to keep that money. The team still has to pay that money and they forfeit it to the Major League Baseball. I see. So, oh, okay. So they're still out the money. I yeah, you're still out the money. I get it. I get it. Okay. So, well, to pivot to a related but not really subject, Pete Rose. Give me your give me your thoughts. Hall of Fame should be let in. I mean, this was an argument I had when I was growing up. Now, okay, so first one thing clarify for me: Did he ever bet against his team? He, he did. We don't know. He says no. He says no. He only bet for his team to win. He says if he's telling the truth, I think. What's the problem? If you bet on yourself to win, isn't that the, what you're trying to do anyway? It's one of those unwritten rules you don't bet on baseball. So it's an unwritten rule. It's not an actual it, rule. Actually, there's a lot of clubhouses that used to have signs that say you don't bet on baseball. Really? Um, no, it's an automatic ban if you get caught betting on the game you play. So, um, Didn't you see uh, him talk once? Yeah. Within, yeah, oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Which is really good. I think Pete Rose is an amazing baseball player. and he, mm-hmm. uh, A man of character, he may mm-hmm. not be. Um Pete Rose is a liar, and that has been proven. Okay. So, as much as you want to look at this decrepit, mm-hmm. kind of older man, the all-time hits king, and sit there and go, man, I want to believe you. Mm-hmm. You have a track record of lying. So, I really... He was recently up to get uh, his suspension, or his ban from baseball, removed, mm-hmm. but... The, what was it say? The time frame of which he um, <clears throat> he was still betting on baseball within like two years ago or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I used to really get on a soapbox and, and rail for the, them to let you know Pete Rose in. I I used the example of Ty Cobb, how horrible of that, human being that guy was a monster. <laughs> how horrible human being he was. Um, and then you know Rob Manfred, the new commissioner of baseball, was willing to sit down with Pete and discuss his lifetime ban and potentially getting it lifted. And you know Pete didn't learn his lesson. He told the new commissioner that he was still betting on baseball. Mm. And you can't trust a guy who's betting on baseball, whether he's betting for his team to win or not. A compulsive gambling addict. Yeah. You cannot uh, trust them to be your manager to be sure. anything in terms of a managerial role with your organization. So I used to rail real hard for it, but now I'm to the point where. Pete, you were a great player. You know, there, there, there are remnants of you in the Hall of Fame. You are, you are not a Hall of Fame um, inductee, per se, but you didn't learn your lesson, and you're in your 70s now. I just I feel a lot less sorry for the man than I did yeah. maybe five, ten years ago. Here's, here's the thing that his lifetime ban uh, has not allowed. It has not allowed him to be put in the Hall of Fame as an individual. He does not have a bust in the Hall of Fame with his mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. He is not allowed to be employed by any Major League Baseball team. Oh, wow. Um, is he allowed to come and if he wanted to come to spring training mm-hmm. and do a clinic or something if a team invited him to do that if with permission he could do that uh, the Reds are putting him in their Hall of Fame officially mm-hmm. which if you've ever but been that's the, their own Hall of Fame that's, right. that's their own Hall of Fame that's not the baseball Hall of Fame okay. <laughs> no, their own Hall of Fame but it might as well be the Piro's Hall of Fame because I've been there when they first <laughs> no. built that stadium there is nothing but Piro's stuff in there right so but now they are now officially allowed to put him in based on permission mm-hmm. like look he's his record is still in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It says Pete Rose with the most hits. Right. And all the records and everything in the World Series. Like He's recognized in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I'm not going to advocate let it back to baseball because of the fact that it's not. I mean, he hasn't learned his lesson. Yeah, I understand that. Now, but, yeah. Sorry, but no, they did a... Oh, I can't remember. It was a few years ago. They had polled like a thousand people or whatever. If, if you could be the MLB commissioner for one day, what would you do? 
Like eighty nine percent of them said they put Pete Rose in the Hall. Of Fame. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's fair enough. Um, that kind of pivots to another thing that I wanted to talk about. I didn't put it on on the list, but it is sports related. Don't worry. Um, and uh, so this, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the 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 side betting that people are doing with the leagues. Uh, that's like fantasy. A, not fan. Not uh, fantasy. Like, uh, uh, the daily. The da- yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they currently, and maybe this is going to change, but they're under fire because. People say it's the difference between a game of skill and a game of chance. Is that is that am I understanding that correctly? Like they like the gambling laws are such that you have to prove that it's not like uh, some states it's illegal to gamble. So if I get on a computer in Indiana and it's illegal to gamble in Indiana, but their offices are in New York, right? But they're no. But but they carve out a, a, an exception for like churches that do bingo and things like this because it's like you know what I mean. It's like right. they, they allow some gambling but not others. Now, what do you guys think about that? Because that is that's gambling and, and the leagues are very involved in these things. They're investors and whatnot. I do DraftKings. I do okay. the Daily. Kings. I think I heard you mention that um, on the podcast. And here's the thing. The whole problem and why this is under fire is because the government's not getting their cut. That is exactly what it is. You could go and you could gamble all day long in all these states through DraftKings, which is based out in California, mm-hmm. and the state is not getting their cut of any money, of any money that you win. Mm-hmm. So that's what it all came down to. And you saw this trickle-down effect where all these states, it started out on the West Coast, they just all started like dominoes to fall, mm-hmm. to, to, to stop this. And, right. you know, and that's all they want. They want to regulate it. They want their piece of the pie. Hmm. And that's fine. I get that. But you have all these – the Major League Baseball, they have an exclusive deal with uh, DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL is a team-by-team. Team. Some do DraftKings. Some do um, – fuck, what's the other one? FanDuel. FanDuel. So it's just – I mean – the fantasy football, it, fantasy sports in general is exploding, and the mon- there's money to be won. But for me, I know people will say it's complete chance. But for me, you look at, you have to know what you're doing, Rob. If, if you went and did it, it's completely 100 percent chance for you to win money. Right, but wasn't there a scandal where somebody from one of the I forget which one it was, either FanDuel or what the other one? FanDuel employee or something. That, but he had insider information. No, they, no, al- they alleged him to have insider. They, they did a big because uh, here's the thing: FanDuel and DraftKings do their scoring a little differently. Okay, and so they were trying to say that this guy had inside analytics. Mm-hmm. He had you know all that stuff. Okay. They did like a full like two month investigation. Independent counsel mm-hmm. like came in and did all that stuff. They're like, no, this guy had nothing different. Than what Joe Blow down the street would have had. But as an employee, he wasn't allowed to profit from it. He worked for FanDuel, played on DraftKings. Right, that was the thing. It was the other company. They didn't have anything in place at the time. Once that happened, FanDuel and DraftKings said. You can't. If you're employed by us, you cannot participate in daily fantasy sports. So that I mean, from their standpoint, that was probably just an oversight that they didn't think about. And so, and the, when it when it became a big story, they just went okay across the board. Mm-hmm. You cannot participate in this, which is fine. I mean, they should have done it in the first place. This is a this is a larger um, topic at large that I think that it, it, it kind of delves into economic development. You have some factions of the government that want to want to obstruct every single portion of anything that can be construed as economic development. And that's why I'm a big proponent of if people want to use their disposable income to bet on sports, but they're not an athlete, they're not an employee. Let them. If people want to buy marijuana and you can tax it, um, I mean, I was out in Colorado recently, and I cannot believe how much of the local economy is driven by marijuana sales. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is unbelievable. But it's right. awesome. Like, mm-hmm. so why are we trying to obstruct economic development in, in, a, in a you know in an era where we're seeing these industry jobs just just down the vine? I, it, it pisses me off. That's a good point. I 
it's not going away. It's actually growing even more and more. Um, I, I don't do like I just do the football. Mm-hmm. I've got my brother in law who does literally daily contests. He's in basketball, baseball. He's like he's in shit every single day. Mm-hmm. I do the football. That's what I feel most confident in. That's what I feel I can get the most success in. So. Okay. Nice to know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- well, thanks for talking about that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other sports topics that you guys talk about. I wanted to talk about sports movies. Um, I kind of can't believe you haven't seen uh, Breaking Away, but... Right? <laughs> you went to IU, you know I was wearing it. a little 500 shirt just the other day, but, yeah, that's a classic. Um, it's got some good stars in it, too. <laughs> well, you guys want to give me a copy? Of I have it, man. Anyway. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there was a couple you guys didn't mention that I thought was an interesting omission. Um, Jerry Maguire. You think you guys didn't mention Jerry Maguire? I like Maguire? Jerry Maguire. I like Jerry Maguire. Well, I was basing off a list. There was, <laughs> there was a top 25 list, yeah. and there was a lot of movies, and I was like, where the fuck are they? They live in Yeah. Uh, Blue Chips. I, I, Blue I, Chips is such an underrated movie. I think that so. movie is so Filmed good. Nolte. Nick Nolte. It is man. so good. Matt Nover from The Hoosiers. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. There's only one Sandlot in my mind. Absolutely. There's no sequel. There's no one of my top tens, easily. Uh, absolutely. Um, Hoosiers, what was you, you guys had a differing opinion on that? I it? think Hoosiers is overrated. And overrated. In what way? Why, why do you think it's overrated? I is it because it's not too not close enough to the real I sport? think Hoosiers as being most most polls will have that as the number one or number two sports movie of all time. Mm. I think it's a little I think it's a little too high. Do I think it's a top five, top ten? I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I get but it just to say like that's the epitome. For me, I like Rudy more than Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Just my natural inclination, I like Rudy more than Hoosiers. Josh is looking at me like I'm dead to him now. High school, no, I'm just high school basketball in Indiana is the religion, and mm-hmm. uh, you come from a you come from a basketball hotbed, sure. Bedford and Bloomington, and those Bailey. areas, and Evansville. Like basketball is the second religion down there. To those yeah, absolutely. And you know, having covered it for a very long time in this state, and you know, play I played a little basketball, but um, it's a special thing here. I know the Notre Dame football is special to people in this part of the world too, but I, there's just something that, extremely special to be a Hoosier native. And uh, to be involved in high school basketball. Let me be clear. I grew up loving basketball. I didn't give up on the NBA until probably like 2003, 2004. Like, I love the. weeks ago. I love <laughs> IU basketball. I. Lead it. I, lo- I will play basketball any opportunity that I get. Just, it's strictly from a movie aspect. You want to get dunked on my Sigler? Uh, the movie aspect, I, Hoosiers does not resonate with me the way, like, Rudy. That's cool. Or even Field of Dreams does. Yeah. So you're, you are dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of some others, but yeah, you covered most of them. But those, are, I thought there was some uh, some omissions or whatever. Um, oh, one other sports thing I want to talk about is paying college players. I know you're against it. I agree He's with you. this interview by now. Oh my god! How, how, I agree with you. Is V Dubs delivered the old night? No, I mean just to do a capsule. You guys can go back and listen uh, to the what what episode was it? You guys talked about that. It was a couple. I don't know. Don't remember. But yeah, you we guys talked about it a couple times. You guys got got into it. But uh, I think they're exploiting these kids. I think they absolutely should pay them. I don't see why we've allowed it to go on this long. Um, you know, you think of how many millions of dollars these uh, these organizations billions. Make. It's it, yeah, it's it's obscene. So. Anyway, but I think the one point that you had that I agreed with on this was that how do you value which sports, which positions, because you can't play them all the same, because obviously, you know, if you want to talk about, or maybe you can, I don't know. I mean, well, maybe you like could. team's not bringing in the same amount of revenue that the, that the football team is. My and argument yeah. was you mm-hmm. pay all the sports the same amount of money. Right. Because for one, that makes it uniform. Mm-hmm. You don't have somebody saying, well, we'll right. give you such and such an hour, you know, come to this program. Like, no, it needs to be flat across mm-hmm. the board. And look, you're going to pay them. You're treating... 
they become athletes. They become uh, employees at that point. Yeah. That is all tax deductible money. Mm-hmm. Like, because you got in the schools like, well, we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you you're making enough money off these schools. Come on. Yep. Was, that's just my thought on it. It is exploitation. And Compromising the amateur nature of the games and uh, why because from, from which from how from how on to this point forward if you start paying a kid eight bucks an hour to play football from how from what standard do we judge amateur from professional then if it's not paid my other thing is and I know there was a 30 for 30 you guys mentioned about broke about how professional athletes go broke I think that part of that comes from and I could be wrong but I think part of that comes from the fact these kids are you know a lot of people that become professional athletes do that because of their only shot to get out of the horrible situation they're in so they don't come from a background that knows how to deal with money right so they're poor when they grow up they're relatively poor unless they get a sugar daddy at the alumni association or whatever as we saw in blue chips yes (laughs) Um, that is going to give them some extra money so what happens they're poor when they grow up they poor when they go to college and they're getting all this fame. Then they get a multi, multi-million dollar contract and then they don't know what to do with it because they've never had any money before in their life. They choose to take care of everybody associated. Everybody who helped them come up, yeah. they want to do, make, fulfill all the promises they've made and they don't know how to financially manage anything. And they think it's going to last forever. They get an injury, they're out in four years and then what do they do? They didn't get a real education as you pointed out in your previous you know, they, they gave me North Carolina! <laughs> come on and raise up. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you, you've not really educated them. They're, they're jocks, so they've gotten a pass all their life. They never had a real uh, course. You know, they, they, they don't have a, a background to fall back on, and they don't know how to manage money because they've never even had a little bit. I'm not asking for these people to be paid a lot. Just something, no to, like something, yeah. so, something, something, you know. I look at it this way, too. There's illegal benefits in college sports. You're, that, those aren't going to go away. Mm. Maybe if paying all the kids might make that curve a little bit, mm. but right now there is a specific genre or a specific amount of people who are receiving legal benefits. Mm. And they're going to continue to get that while everybody else has to bust their balls and try to get make it through. Mm. And being a Division One athlete, you're not allowed to have a job. Mm. And the NCAA can give stipends, but there's no uniform way to do it. They right. don't regulate it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, you could be a Division One athlete for lacrosse or mm-hmm. rowing or something like that and not get a dime to help you support yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's my argument. I think we need to do a better job of educating the college kids. Yeah. But also, too, we don't need to make them have to struggle, especially mm-hmm. if you're on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can't work, but if you come somewhere, your parents can't send you money, you are literally you literally have nothing. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't feel like anybody's ever um, thoroughly answered my "how do you com- not compromise the um, amateur nature of yeah. the game?" Fair enough. So, okay, that's fine. That's, that's cool. But no, I mean, if you want to talk about that, like the kids are getting money now. What I mean, what do you? Who's getting money now? Jo- you know, through, legal benefits through 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 legal means, through up and up, through you know, through. Other than bagman money, who's getting legitimate money? If you pay these kids minimum wage and they get paychecks, how is that compromising the game? That's the standard with which we draw the line between professionalism and amateurism. That's strictly that's strictly a definition. So now you're going to start changing the definitions of words. Who are you, Bill Clinton? Like, I mean, <laughs> it depends what your definition not, of definition I'm, I'm is. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm not going to. I don't, I don't is, think is. in the court of law you're going to win that argument. I'm not. It's okay. I, it's okay to disagree. I'm sure. not. 
So uh, anyway, I always talk about music. Uh, I guess uh, you know we've been going for more than an hour. We should probably wrap up. But um, music sucks. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. That's Drop the end. The <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what music are you guys are listening to lately? Oh man, uh, I'm all kind of all over the place. I've kind of died out on the rap a little bit because uh, everything that comes out now sucks. Uh, a lot of Eminem or mm-hmm. a lot of old. I like Dre. I like Snoop. I like. Uh, I never really got into Wu Tang. Not not taking anything away from you, you guys are into. Never really got into. I'm Wu-Tang. not a member of Wu Tang yet, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a. Oh, you cracker, Ghostface cracker. <laughs> is there is there any room on the bus? We went and saw Foo Fighters last year. That concert was yeah. fucking mind blowing. That's awesome. I found uh, the '90s alternative uh, station on Pandora, and that's pretty much what I've been listening to for the last few weeks. And yeah. like, I never fast forward. Like I love every song that hits. Yeah, me too, man. I'm really not into much new stuff. Like I have Sirius XM in my car, but I just I'm on like '90s on nine. Mm-hmm. I'm on pop 2k like i'm not i think the new stuff and the, every and every person says that about the stuff that comes in after they're past mm-hmm. their prime in terms of being a pop culture consumer right but i you know I, the new stuff that's coming out just lacks any type of substance and character to me there there are three albums there are three artists that i will buy an album no matter what for mm-hmm. and that is eminem Foo fighters and shine down that when they put out an album, I will automatically buy them. Those Ooh, are really dumb. Uh, I'm not familiar with Shinedown. What is their... You're not familiar with Shinedown? Maybe I am, but what is their... Do they have a big song I would know? Uh, fuck. Uh, they're all over the radio. Oh, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I probably heard them if they're... Second just, Chance is one of their songs. Uh, mm-hmm. Staring Down a Barrel of 45, that mm-hmm. was that was their first big one back in, like, 03, 04. 45. Maybe. Um, yeah. They did a cover of Simple Man, which is amazing. Mm. Um, Bully... Uh, I guess I'll have to look this one up. Yeah, look yeah. up Shinedown. They've got a lot of hits. Okay, cool. I really like Aaron Lewis. Staying. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but that's a 90s, that's a 90s thing. Yeah. It's more like 2000s thing, though. Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. How's your stuff, Rob? What do you got? Oh, all over the place, no, man. No, no, no. Well, I mean, kind of what you're talking about, man, it's like whenever you first discover music, that's going to make a imprint on your brain. So, I mean, anything from like the 90s alternative, like you're talking about, yeah. I'm, I'm all in on that. I mean, it's like the older I get, it's like whatever was popular when I was 12, it's kind of like that. That's what I'm probably going to be listening to when I'm in the you know old person's home. So, so you're into that ski though? <laughs> I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I'll tell you what kills me. My wife listens to the Pop 2K in her SUV, and when like stuff from like the early 2000s comes on, it hurts my ears. I'm like, why did we ever think mm-hmm. this was good? Like, this sounds horrendous. Like, yeah. the, it's pitchy. It sounds like shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. Someone in this room, and I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, as a Taylor Swift fan, and it makes me want to throw up my mouth. Uh, <laughs> she's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to look at who wrote a lot of Taylor Swift songs, it's you know Max Martin and the uh, Swedish team. I uh, read a book called uh, The Sound Machine, where they talk about how forty percent of your uh, top ten, you know, music these days is pre- pre- written by the same four or five Swedish uh, super producers, uh, who Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Taylor Swift, Ace of Base. You want to go down the line? It's all these goofy Swedes who are writing all the same stuff, and I like it too, man. I've got no it's problem. It's catchy as shit, bro. I don't give a fuck. Exactly. Pop music will exist whether you like it. Or or not, so you may as well have good pop. I'm a <laughs> Who's the hipster now? <laughs> I want to thank you for having us on, Rob. This is thank you fun. for coming, man. This has been an awesome, I awesome got a, time. When I listened to your last show and you gave us a shout out, it was just really cool to hear another show. Like, no problem, like man. talk about like talk about us. It was really cool. Yeah, it was kind of our. Uh, I almost felt like we had arrived. So. <laughs> wow, man, that's so, awesome. No, cool. it was it was really cool. We appreciate it. Thanks for being the first uh, live one. That's awesome. Let's do it again, man.
I hope it doesn't give you a record uh, low for listens. I hope uh, I hope you get some good responses. <laughs> cultured folk who listen to your show. Somehow it's... Like, how'd you have these two... How'd you get these two barbarians out of the zoo? Actually, yeah. If you ever want us back, I mean, we're more than willing to come back. So cool, man. It's definitely been fun. And thank you for being on our show. That's no problem. Tonight. Anytime. So... Okay. We well. love all y'all. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.